0: My name's Tina Waldron, welcome to the podcast. Every week I look to interview someone that can help you share your faith naturally with the world around you. In 2023, I'm going to be interviewing people in Australia, also a few from overseas, and then there'll be a few weeks that I'll jump on myself and actually do a little bit of recording with some information that may help. If you're looking to do some coaching in evangelism or as a female in ministry or an online course this year in personal evangelism, please check out our website evangelisminaustralia.com. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Win-Win Evangelism podcast. My name's Tina Waldron from Evangelism in Australia. Today I'm talking with Kim Hammond, who's the National Director of Mukti Australia. We're talking about the fascinating topic of biblical justice versus social justice, understanding the superior lens for fairness and compassion. Welcome to you, Kim.
1: Hey, Tina, great to see you.
0: Fantastic to have you along and you have a new role with Mukti Australia and for the past 30 years you've worked with not-for-profits, you've worked with pastoring um, congregations, you've worked with working out a lot in the missional space and really encouraging people to love their communities. How is the new role?
1: It's mind-bending. I've just been doing it six weeks, so learning lots. It is really different from being a local church pastor. So I love being a pastor. I'm still a pastor, but I uh, it is a different pace and a different work. Uh, but I, I'm really loving it. I really think this new chapter for me gonna been quite exciting, but it is very different.
0: Yeah, and I'm just watching with excitement because it's just such a great um, fit for you. I love Kim that you have always been about loving communities, and when I think about social justice, I do think about you a lot. I think the the clearer lens is biblical justice, and that's what I want to talk to you about. How would you describe the difference of the two? Just you know, in in brief, to start with.
1: So, social justice is often a political issue. It's often a left issue. It's often defined as a particular point of view politically. And so, people can choose to not get involved in that. It's like an optional extra. Where I believe biblical justice is the heartbeat of God. And you see it all through scripture God's heart for the poor, the widowed, the marginalized, the least all through the Old and New Testament. Biblical justice is neither left or right. It's the following of Jesus.
0: Yeah, okay. So I think that potentially there are Christians like myself, and we maybe use the term social justice as a Christian, but really we mean biblical justice, but we do need to understand why they are different. Do you think that that is the case out there?
1: I think it is, because I think social justice can be polarizing. And I think social justice as an agenda has been helpful, right? Because it's made us think of the other. It's made us think outwards. It's made us think about the issues of refugees or uh, First Nations people. But I do think that we've got to be reminded that this is at the heart of the gospel. And when you make that shift from social justice to biblical justice, it doesn't let you off the hook anymore. It's like missional. You and I, for years, have talked about we must be sent. And it was only we, and the church used to always think it was only the crazy evangelists that were sent. But we've been helping the church realize that everyone's sent. And that's why biblical justice was so easy for me because part of everyone's sent, everyone should raise up other people and disciple them, and everyone should be involved in restoration. And I think those three circles will cross over. And I think that's at the center of the church. So for me, I think it absolutely is compulsory. It's part of our discipleship.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about biblical justice specifically. So would we say that biblical justice is the heart of God? And what does it mean? Does it mean fairness? Does it mean compassion? Can you help me unpack that a little more?
1: Yeah. So take for me, I've always cared about my neighbour and 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 treated the local issues that we should get engaged with. The 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 paradigm shift for me is that across the world there are people who are very marginalised, especially women and children. And we're going to live in a global world, so often we think, "What can we do?" It's like the starfish, you know. All these starfish sweep up on the beach, and you throw one in, you make a difference at one. And I I think. For over 100 years, Australian Christians have been supporting my particular charity, Mukti, because I think there's something about saying I'm going to make a difference to the people in Sri Lanka and India or wherever it is, whatever particular people or plight is marginalised. Because often we think in Australia, you know, there's some, it's some hard times. We went through COVID, it was hard, but it's nothing compared to some people in parts of the world where you know, people do not graduate from grade six or they they, they work on $4 a day in Sri Lanka or they pick tea. These issues we need to educate, we need to become aware of them, we need to pray for them, and we need to act in some ways, whether it's donations, going to visit in the field. We live in a global world now, so we can do this. We can take tangible steps towards alleviating poverty. So... Biblical
0: justice again—is it a fairness? Is it living through a lens of a fairness and a compassion for everyone?
1: Yes, yeah, so I take the word shalom. I think it's a—you know—we we know that word from um, Jewish people is a greeting and a, a farewell, but it's far more than that. It's about making all things right. It's the kingdom of God. So yes, it is about justice. It is about making things fair and right. I don't think it's fair that women and children have to walk miles to use a bathroom, where I've got three in my house. And I can't live with the fact that there's people in other parts of the world that have to walk miles and miles and miles, and and a, a simple thing like providing sanitation could absolutely change their lives forever. And that's a simple example, but I've just seen it now. I mean, now that I'm leading this organization, I've seen absolute sanitation make a difference. And we do it in the name of Jesus. So we're we're not just Rotary. Rotary is a great organization. We're not just Rotary. We're not just doing good deeds just for the sake of doing it. We're doing it because it's a God idea, not just a good idea.
0: Yeah, that's very helpful. And I guess if I kind of think into this myself a little more now, if we use the term social justice without biblical justice, you can kind of ask yourself the question, well, what is justice and who is it for? Like, I guess when we use the term biblical justice, we're making God at the center and that kind of gives you the full answer. We're talking now about all of humanity. Is that how you would see some of the differences?
1: Yeah, I do. I do think it's the stuff that makes God's heart break when he looks at all of humanity. I think what you see so often in Scripture here, God often talks about the widow, the orphan, the destitute, the prisoner, that many of the times we don't, our life may not be affected by those things, but God's always thinking about them. And you see this in the person of Jesus, Jesus, touching the leper, Jesus stopping the coffin of the only son of a widow. Over and over and over again, we see these gospel examples where Jesus is knowing everyone's watching him and he's paying attention for the, the, the person that no one in the crowd, the woman with the issue of blood, reaching out, touching the hem of his garment. And the scripture says Jesus stopped and heard her story. And elevated, or called her daughter. There's so much in the scripture that compels us to to see a kingdom of God come and be ushered, and to make things fair and right in ways that are unfair and unjust in our world.
0: Yeah, that's very good. So let me ask you a bit of a bit of a. It's not a loaded question, but it's a it's a little more practical in its nature. So let's imagine that you went to your local council where you live. And up until now, you've had a conversation with them about social justice in the area. Now, if you were to go back today, having a, having thought this through a lot more yourself, and you said to them, actually, let's not have a chat about social justice, but let's talk about biblical justice. How do you think they would perceive the differences? Or what would you be saying to them?
1: Great question, Tina. I think Often how we talk to our work colleagues, the council, is about translation. This is good missiology. So they may not understand biblical justice, but if our actions continue to point to good works and then they ask the question, why are you doing that? Then we are... a call to name the fact that we're doing this in the name of Jesus. We're doing this because we're compelled by the Bible. I wouldn't lead with biblical justice. I wouldn't lead with that because that has a connotation. I think they would say, "What does that mean? Is that the King James version? Is that a you know whatever preconceived ideas?" But I would hope that if we're acting, and this is the, this is why there's so much parallels to the missional conversation because it's all about translation. It's about incarnation. It's about doing good works and doing it deeply into the community. And I think all we're saying is do it locally and globally. That's often, Christians or churches are often one or the other. They're all overseas and no local. That's what you and I who's spending a long time helping people discover. But it's also saying we're also part of a global world. But I'll be saying to the local council, we are doing X, Y, Z, because this is the way Jesus would act. This is the people of God are part of shalom, they're part of restoring. And hopefully we're over-delivering and under-promising and we're, we're, we're consistently being generous and good and, and um, a great community. And so I think all those things play into it.
0: Mm. Do you think there's any value or what value is there in kind of encouraging churches that, hey, we're not called to social justice but we are called to biblical justice? Is that a conversation that could be helpful?
1: I think so, because I think our world is increasingly polarized. And so I think what happens is, you know, I can remember 20 years ago, leading Forge, and I had several staff that were voted for a particular party, I won't say which one, and I voted for the opposite party, and we all laughed about it. Strange, was like, it doesn't matter. But you watch people now, it is a far more, you're defined by your political affiliation And sometimes that comes before our loyalty to God. So, I think we've got to get away from left or right. Got to get away from being um, being polarized. Our politics. I think we've got to say the way of Jesus is for restoration. God cares deeply about these issues, and it can can be expressed in either party, uh, whether you're, you know, whatever your party is. Because I think as soon as we say social justice, people only think left. They think left winged. Liberal, woke, all that, all those things that come automatically, but if, and we've got to define it. We mean biblical not compromising. We're saying clearly this kind of justice, the restoration of all things, fairness for all people.
0: Yeah, I think that's very helpful. It's helpful for me, Kim, because I think if someone says to you as a Christian, you must or you should be involved in social justice. You're right. You have various thoughts about that. But if someone says to me, as a Christian, we have to be about biblical justice, it just resonates differently. It sounds differently. It's received differently.
1: I think so. And I think Tia do this well, Tier Fund. I think I would love to see Mukti do this, that one of the things that we do is we educate the church. So we help people make a theological grounding that says that we help them, we have the paradigm shift. This is what Alan Hirsch has been doing for 30 years. Having the awakening, that church isn't just on a Sunday, but it's seven days a week, and I think the awakening that justice isn't just for the left or the, the women's group that meets on a Thursday night, great, I love women's groups and they're very generous to us, but that the whole church needs to be involved in this issue.
0: Yeah, I love it. It's just a great shift. It's not just a play on words. It's very clarifying and uh, like you're saying. Mm. So, look, you have done so much. I mean, I remember when you are involved with Forge. Well, I think you still are the Forge International Director. You started, you were in Forge, USA. You lived in the U.S., what are you doing with Forge and tell us all of the things that you actually have done. Like, can you summarise that very quickly?
1: <laughs> I'm really blessed to have worked with Alan Hirsch and Mike Frost and seeing Forge from Australia go to America. I'm very proud of that. Now it's in 30 cities. Uh, I did resign from the international directorship. I'm now just an elder in the in the group, but I, it's in Scotland and in uh ireland and in sweden and so this training of missionaries in the local context i'm very proud of that in the last couple of years i've been involved with dave ferguson i was on his staff for five years so i'm on the exponential board i think you just interviewed tim o'neill the chair of our board and i love that because it's missional it's movement and now it's biblical justice. So these all things have come coming together for me. So I feel like God's been getting me ready to I'm turning 50 next year and I start to ask the question, God, what's the best contribution can I make to the church? So when I meet with pastors, I talk about missional and I say here's 52 resources that I would recommend to love your local area. I talk about church planting, because I've been involved with new thing and church planting. And now biblical justice isn't foreign. I've trained lots of people in church in this area, from pastors to, to missionaries, but now um, I wake up dreaming and thinking, how can I alleviate poverty for women and children? And, and, and I'm thinking movement. How can we see a movement of Christians care about this issue? That gets me up in the morning.
0: That's so exciting, so exciting. I mean, you're the perfect church consultant in all of these areas in one person, which is, which is amazing. Tell me a little bit about Mukti Australia and their involvement in India. Um, And just so, you know, people are listening today, Kim, that may have never heard of Mukti Australia, extraordinary organisation. Tell us a little bit.
1: So Mukti in Sanskrit means freedom or restoration, all the things we just talked about, salvation, restoration. That's what Mukti in Sanskrit means. And so in 1889, this little Hindu woman, widow, Became filled with Jesus as she started to care for other widows. And, across, and this is 1889, Tina. And, you know, uh, Brie Mills, who was just in the States at a big conference, she was there. She sent me a text because a whole bunch of really famous American women were talking about movement started by women. And they put up Pandita Ramabai, the founder of my organization. They put a a slide up saying this remarkable woman. She was like, Kim, it's amazing. Here's the organization you're working for. So Pandita had a remarkable legacy. and, and, And the work is still going in India. It's 132 years. They have a major center of homes and medical and holistic that they take people to the south of India. They have 16 centres across India. And in 1903, her daughter came to Australia and Christians in Australia began to support the work. Isn't that remarkable? Incredible. So for 120 years, Christians have been supporting this. And so I have inherited this amazing legacy. The previous directors have built this incredible network that uh, are Christians who have faithfully given to the work and so we'd have two expressions one is child sponsorship and we, we, we also you can sponsor a, gra- a granny we call it sponsor a granny you can sponsor uh, a marginalized woman or children boys and girls and we have over 500 kids in india and Sri Lanka. and then we also do projects and we as a team are kind of creating this third called a uh, realm called a friend of mukti which we're trialling rather than specific projects that continue to alleviate poverty. So it's an amazing organisation. You get to to talk to our partners every month. We have a prayer meeting. The partners come on. What I love about it, it's not my mission. It's not some Australian or American mission. It's the Indians' mission, and we promote it and partner with them. So I love that. It's Indigenous. It's local. Both uh, Rebecca Alexander, the director, was a sponsor child and she's, she uh, grew up, got married and now she's our director in Sri Lanka. It's her charity. She started it. So we support her work in Sri Lanka and we support the work in India. So that's what Mukti Australia does. It supports these two countries. I'm heading over for the first time in November. Tina, I've been all over the world. I've been to Russia, Germany, Czech Republic, but I've never been to India. God sense of humour. So I will be, I can't wait to go, and it'll be a big learning curve for me because I don't like hot food. It'll be interesting, but I can't wait to go and just to, because I talk to our partners all the time, but it's very exciting. And there's so many people that have been to India and seen the work and seen directly where their finances and prayers have gone.
0: Mm, it's just wonderful, and you know, just on a light-hearted moment, you, you could actually be a little bit Indian.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. So it's my Arabic um, background. See, that's why I always say I bring diversity wherever I go because yes, it's true. And you know, what? God's God's gracious, right? For the last eight years. I have pastored a predominantly Indian and Sri Lankan congregation. Isn't that ironic? It's incredible. So every every World Impact Bazaar, they've been cooking me food and, and giving it to me, pastor, pastor, eat this food, and, and I love the people. So it's a, a very um, logical next step for me.
0: Yes, and for those that unable to laugh at this conversation because you're listening to this episode. If you get onto our social media platforms, you'll see some video footage from this interview and you'll see that Kim actually does look a little bit Indian. So let me ask you a big question, Kim. What stops people from your own experience from getting involved in biblical justice? What's what's some of the core issues that you think what are the what are the blockages
1: I think the one that we've discussed I think they think it's somebody else's problem it's for that special group it's exactly like evangelism I think it's exactly the same whether it's evangelism or justice I think secondly it's overwhelming where do you start you know there's there's millions of people in poverty but how do we make how do we see systemic change what I love about mukti is that if you know you can see over this hundred years just the the people lifted out poverty, but they don't see that. They don't they don't haven't been exposed to it. They don't know where to start. And often I think it's coming getting involved in prayer. Then you've got to break your heart first. Because you've got a hard heart. You know, it's not that you're a bad person, but just maybe you think I'm just focused on Australia and getting my kids through school and making sure I get promoted. And you know, we we forget how lucky, how blessed we are in Australia. So I think you've got to expose yourself. You've got to educate yourself. I think you've got to go and take a short-term trip. I think you've got to get involved, you know, start start somewhere. Because I think if you do, you'll start to see the change and you're part of a community that can uh, that can really change the world. I believe in movements. I've been really blessed by Alan Hirsch and Dave Ferguson, and I've seen them start movements across the globe. I am convinced that there can be greater movements of biblical justice. So I say get involved, come to a prayer meeting, come on a trip with me, sponsor a child, uh, g- give yourself to reading and understanding because I think that's when you start to see the world a little bit wider and you start to make a difference. That so genuinely changes. Can I tell one quick story? Sure, absolutely. So a young girl, we'll call her Rita, her her mum died. Um, and you've got to realise in you know, other cultures, This is karma, so you've lived a bad life. You caused somehow this death to happen. So you can imagine for this young girl, 12 years old, when her dad dies, now she's the outcast of the village. I mean, everyone blames her, just terrible. Gets treated terribly. So she comes and becomes part of Mukti, Mukti mission in India. And because they, they have schools there and tutors and education, and she becomes part of a family. And so I've read her letters. She just wants to do well in English. She doesn't like math. And I read, I've read her story. Well, fast forward to university. Her dream is to go to university. She goes to university. She graduates with a master's in psychology. And guess what? She's now back at Mukti teaching. Changing the lives of young girls that were like her. Many of these young girls are just terribly marginalized. But these kind of stories, times of thousands, over 100,000 women and children have gone through Mukti. So this is the kind of movement you can be part of. But it starts with someone sponsoring Rita, doesn't it? It was Malvern Presbyterian, this tiny little congregation faithfully sponsoring, supporting Rita's story. And I've been able to read it as a director. It's so remarkable. It makes me cry.
0: Yeah, it's moving. It's incredible because you see, you see the the impact. You see the results, for lack of a better terminology. So it's amazing. This has been a really healthy discussion. Social justice or biblical justice. Biblical justice is definitely a superior lens to actually. See through. So, I want to encourage you today as a listener to have a think about this. Go out and check out the website Mukti, that's M U K T I dot A U, where you can connect and see the work that Kim's heading up in Australia as the national director and what's going on. In India on the ground. And as Kim said, why don't you think about going on a trip or coming to a prayer meeting at least? That's if you're in Melbourne, but there might be some online things as well that you can engage with. So, Kim Hammond, as always, it's been wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Tim. It's been wonderful.
0: thanks for listening to this week's episode. I trust it's been helpful for you. Don't forget to check out on missionwithgod.com. Love to see you in the course this year. Have a great week and see you next time.